What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 375. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. And as always, I'm joined by Ron and John. Good to see you guys. It's been a, a couple of weeks since we've uh, gotten together. I spent last week in the beautiful town of Destin, Florida. Oh, cool. For, first time there. And I can't recommend it enough. It's a beautiful, beautiful beach really? town. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'd heard amazing things and probably the nicest one of the nicest beaches if not the nicest beach i've been to in especially in the united states but mm. even rivaling some of the caribbean beaches i've been to um white sand clear water you can walk out like hundreds wow. of feet and you're still like up to your waist it's just it was incredible i have to send you guys some photos it was yeah it was, it was great do. that sounds really cool. um so the cost of doing that though is that we didn't have a show last week but um thankfully this week we have a lot of stuff to talk about we're going to yeah. do john's pick for required viewing which was uh, 2010's Super by James Gunn, who we will then talk about, or you two will talk about, uh, his capper for the Guardians trilogy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is out today, the the day this podcast releases. Um, and then we'll round the show out with some, with some random things that we've watched. And I've got a handful of them. I'm excited to mention some movies I've watched. Okay, uh, cool. I'm trying to keep myself busy and have something to add to this. And sadly, I was not able to see Guardians, but... I can't wait. I didn't ask you guys intentionally what you thought because I wanted to hear it mm -hmm. live on the pod, as they say. But mm. before we get to that, John, take it away. Tell us about Super and again, why you chose it. Well, um, I mean, partially because I knew that it would line up with roughly. I didn't know it was going to line up if we had done an episode last week. It wouldn't have lined up perfectly, but I thought it would be right. close enough to the new James Gunn movie. Um and in a weird way, this is the last movie he did before, and not in a weird way, this is just a fact, this is the last movie he did before <laughs> becoming Marvel's guy. But but in a weird way, you could say this is the movie that got him the Marvel gig, but I don't think it's just this. I think it's his screenwriting work and probably, you know, Slither and different things. Right. But it's funny to say that this is the last, like, of, the, of that early era, James Gunn. This is the trauma era of James Gunn. Um, and obviously, though, playing in, you know, playing around with ideas that he would develop uh, over these much more sort of sincere, we might say, um, attempts at superhero films later. So, yeah, I think that for me, when this movie came out, it was like at the height of me reading movie news and movie websites. And so I read about it and I knew it was coming and I knew James Gunn because I liked Slither and I knew that he was that guy. And I liked Rain Wilson at that time. He was a character actor I had noticed. And I thought he was, I was kind of waiting for him to break out into something. So I, well, I remember when I heard about this, it sounded like something I would like to watch. And then I don't know if it was just at the era where limited release meant that it took a couple months to come my way or something. I don't, I don't know what it was that made me miss this movie completely. But as a James Gunn fan, I always thought, oh, well, now I have all this other stuff to deal with. And, you know, you just move on sometimes. And you sort of, sometimes I think you think you saw something and then you stop and realize that you haven't. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it when, when I realized that and it was lining up with the Guardians and we're doing this, you know, uh, on the show, I was just like, you know what? This is a perfect time for me to, because, you know, we can, that's one of the things we can use this feature for is whoever, you could have watched it yesterday, but I'm still going to require that we talk about it on the show because I haven't seen it at all yet. Um, so I didn't know what your guys' relationship with this movie was before uh, this at all. What was had you seen it previously, Ronald? <clears throat> I saw it. Yeah, uh, I saw it around the time that it came out, um, and I was I was really high on it at the time. You know, it was like pretty crazy that it it, it felt like something that was outside of the fold of any superhero movie that I'd seen and. It it had a unique voice and it was violent and shit and I just I just was very enamored with the idea of it. Um, and it's interesting watching it now versus you know 2011 2012 and how different my perspective is on <laughs> the movie in general. But yeah, man, I I'm very familiar with it. But it's been a while since I've seen it. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely saw it within, you know, the, a year or so of it. I don't think I saw it theatrically, but definitely saw it around the time that it came out for, you know, reasons like you had mentioned. I really liked <clears throat> um, Slither a lot. And, yeah, you know, I had just kind of been aware of James Gunn and kind of what he was doing um, as a writer and a director. But like also like the Dawn of the Dead remake that he wrote and just like his name kind of um, always kept. Yeah, huge. Like, uh, just like the script up and... in particular of that was was huge. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I just like, he was kind of always on the radar. Um, uh, and I just remember seeing it around the time of its release. And I really haven't touched it since then. I mean, you mentioned last episode, like kind of conflating the kind of mixing it with like kick-ass or at least the kind of like what it looks like on the surface. Um, and I think a lot of people probably did the same thing, but, uh, yeah, I kind of always just like remembered it just because of rain Wilson and uh well elliot page at this at, at this time um yes. but you know the cast was you know always stood out to me i think even like Liv tyler and um, kevin bacon but kevin bacon <clears throat> right but yeah, i don't know like i, I kind of remember being pretty mixed on it when i saw it back then mm-hmm. um and you know re-watching it i, I kind of feel the same i mean i feel like um in perspective you know, especially having gotten more James Gunn movies, even when you consider like the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, you know, these are like bigger IP comic booky things. But really what he's gotten so great at is like, you know, the characters that he writes and like, you know, the the, the tone of his uh, more recent movies have been way more dialed in. And like you kind of, you know, know what you're getting with his films now, even on the larger scale that he makes them. And I, I, I feel like this movie um feels probably the the weakest in terms of like how well written the characters are um kind of feels like it kind of felt a little thinner to me and and even in this one like the total shifts which i'm curious to see what you guys say about guardians 3 because i feel like that's what like a buzzword that i feel like people have been using in some of the reviews i've read but i mean in this movie i, I just feel like the tone is all over the place um and you know beyond how violent or graphic or any of those things are that's not really what kind of stands out to me i think it's more like watching it now knowing the james gunn that i know in 2023 right and comparing it to everything he's done since then i feel like he's really kind of again dialed into like this like signature trademark kind of movie that is very reliable to me um and maybe this was a movie where he was a little mixed on that or kind of deciding where he was going to lean towards one way or the other because there's definitely like glimpses of that in this movie but um i don't know just wasn't 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 a really big fan of it um what what did you think john i mean you you hadn't seen it right so i mean i kind of agree with your both of your kind of present day take of feeling like this is not the refined james gunn it made me think if i went back and rewatched slither would it seem a little more like lumpy and just, I mean, again, not not like bad, but just like uh, like you said, that tonal shifting. Because I, I mean, that's honestly when you said tonal shifting, it's like so funny that I had like light tonal shifting in my mind when I was thinking about this movie. As far as right, what he's doing, both as a filmmaker, he's trying this out, and he's like maybe doing something somewhat experimental, which is to like throw all these things into the blender. And now we have seen such a refined job of it. Honestly, some of right. the best version of it that anybody's ever done, in my opinion, right. of that sort of light tonal shifting within an action adventure movie. Um, uh, you know, the Guardians movies, uh, the Peacemaker show. We've talked a lot about how that heart that you're talking about, caring about the characters, feeling like the jokes have teeth, feeling like the world has stakes. That's all stuff that he brings that I think is in this movie. And so I, I found myself thinking. Kind of similar to what you said, Steve, but also thinking maybe I would agree with Ronald if I had seen it in in 2010 when it came out, would I have would I have found it a little more refreshing? And I think I would have. And it's one of my notes, one of the biggest things I wrote on my pad when I was watching the movie. I didn't write much, but one of the things I wrote was this movie is so 2010. It's just. Uh-huh. It's like, you know how you don't think there's stuff fashion to an era and then you see like someone point out like what people were wearing in in 2005. And I think we all sort of feel like the 2000s don't really have distinctions yet, but I see people occasionally now making distinctions about the 2000s as like opposed to the 2010s in terms of music, in terms of fashion. And I feel like this is that perfect example of, this is like the old James Gunn. This is the James Gunn who who made uh, jokes about pedophilia on Twitter because he was being edgy, you know, and being shocking. And nowadays we just don't like, even James Gunn has said he doesn't like that style of comedy. We all sort of grew out of it. So this movie kind of captures him at a time where he's, he's doing that, trauma thing i mean i i think i enjoyed aspects of it and i i will say i did enjoy the the fact that it's a james gunn movie that has all the little tropes of what he does um even the opening animated sequence made me think oh he had the idea for the peacemaker sequence like because there's like a 
a coordinated dancing thing going on there or choreographed dancing. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of fun to be had and it was an enjoyable watch, but yeah, as far as like what the movie was, um, I think I kind of agree with you, Steve, in the sense that just the, the shifts don't necessarily work towards a cohesive whole. There are individual moments that work pretty well. And I think Rain Wilson is clearly having fun doing exactly what the movie's calling for. And I think Elliot page, honestly, I I've never been that huge on Elliot page like any particular performance from them. Um, but I enjoyed, there were aspects of this role that I thought were like, I found myself chuckling and, and sort of enjoying what that character was doing because it was so clearly meant to be this too extreme version of what, what the movie's presenting, you know? Uh, but, yeah. but when I say kick-ass too, it's like the hit girl thing, there really is such a line you can draw up. And that's like the down the middle, more successful version of this basic idea um even though this movie as you said ronald the violence like the wrench using a wrench is just horrifically violent but there's a certain kind of comedy to how (laughs) how unnecessarily horrifically violent that is and i did find myself enjoying again that the slight edgelord aspect of that like i'm you know just like oh i can feel what james gunn was doing what before he made movies for marvel before he made movies for dc like what he was doing with the superhero tropes and this feel very like I said, it's just a hangover from that trauma aesthetic, even more so than that. Let's say Dawn of the Dead was in the sense of that was a that was a big script. Like that was a movie that a lot of people really enjoyed. Um, uh, so I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm glad I watched it. I, I And it was only 97 minutes long. And there were certain things that I thought were interesting. The things about it that like had me like I think Liv Tyler's role, for instance, is a is a weird role because the movie goes on to make you realize that you're supposed to be sort of like taking, there's some sincere something going on there, but at first the way she's acting feels like she's just this really underwritten character, you know? Um, and she still doesn't really have an ounce of agency in the whole movie. It doesn't seem. Um, right. And I just don't know. Again, there's certain things like that that just, and also there's a part where Elliot page goes into a tear. There's like one scene where she drops the, the F word as a slur for gay people. She uh, uses the M word for little people. She, she um, uh, makes some other reference in that same scene. I was like, man, they just hit the trifecta. And then later uh, Kevin Bacon has to come out and pull a Tarantino and be a white guy saying the N word on screen. I don't know. Th- those little things felt unnecessary to me. Like felt like, Ooh, this doesn't, it just hits different in 2023. And I'm not saying I'm, I have delicate uh, little polit- politically correct ears, but it felt like, Oh, this is somebody feeling their oats. Um, yeah. And that part of it just didn't, didn't age particularly well. Also, because I don't think it would have seemed some of that stuff wouldn't have seemed that funny <clears throat> to me when it came out. But, um, you know, I still enjoyed, like I said, the fact that I now solve the mystery of this movie. And I still <laughs> think there's a universe where Rain Wilson became a big comedy star in the movies. But for whatever reason, that just didn't happen in our universe. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Having recently, I actually re- recently rewatched Slither like in the, in the last year and a half. And I think that movie definitely holds up. Okay, good. I mean, Stronger just because it, 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 it just feels, yeah, it feels like it just, I don't know. Like, I think it was, yeah. I think, I think maybe this was like a downslope for him. Cause then he also like had that short in that movie night. Uh, was it movie 43 or whatever it was? Oh yeah. He also did Scooby-Doo. I don't know. Like, I think, I think Dawn of the Dead. And so they were kind of in a different bucket of his, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy to think of where his career went and is currently. Yeah, be- seriously. Be- I mean, be- beyond like you know the the trouble he got in and you know being fired and hired and fi- you know all that. Beyond that, just like the 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 extremity that it went to, you know, from like the genre stuff and like gross out and gags and gore and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and now you know he's in a lane where he like is running a a a, a comic book studio of he's doing a superman movie next you know yeah i know i'm saying though but he oh he's overseeing it all like you know, i know but like, i'm just saying like that, that's the guy who's doing everything. your superman it's like that that's like it's it's really interesting <laughs> well he did is he did his evil superman he wrote yeah. that movie brightburn right. got that out of years back movie. which i actually like that one um you know i haven't seen that one I, but he didn't write that one I think that like, it's cool that he's got that side arm of like stuff he develops as a producer and as a writer. And I guess yeah. that will stop for a while with DC, or at least it will all be done under the the DC umbrella. But um, no, I mean, it was, it's interesting. It's like, this was like seeing, um, you know, when a band uh, puts out like the bonus disc with an album and it's the demos. Right, right. 
or it's like an alternate mix that's like you hear it and you go, I can tell why this they, they didn't release this, but I'm glad I get to hear it. That's kind of how I feel about this movie. It's like, <laughs> this feels like an important step in the development of him as a filmmaker, but it does seem a little strange. You know, it did also feel very indie in the way that it was kind of cobbled together. Like sometimes the way the scenes were edited, it felt like they didn't have a lot of the actors on set together at the same time, or there were just little moments where it felt like, oh, they only had Liv Tyler for a few days, or they only had Kevin Bacon for a few days. Um, right. I found myself doing that watching the movie. I don't know if you ever do that, where you start figuring out the how they did how it, they like, shot how, it, how yeah. they planned this, and how they put this together. And also, I will say that's the other fun part was just the roll call of James Gunn's little yeah. little troop of actors, seeing Michael Rooker, seeing Sean Gunn, that kind of stuff was you know I still enjoyed. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it just felt like and I, honestly, after the boys, after Kick Ass, after all these other things, it just didn't feel like. Like, I think in 2010, it really would have felt like, oh, yeah, they're starting to do these kind of superhero movies. But this almost felt like a much more of a reference to that, like, loner guy, uh, incel type guy who might who might fancy himself this type of character more so than it was commenting on superheroes as a genre, you know. But it yeah. does it does play around a little bit with that. And I thought the Nathan Fillion, the stuff with his uh, show, which is like clearly a riff on the, the Willie Ames uh, Bible man. Uh, I think that's the name of that show. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Show that was stuff was kind of fun to see. And James Gunn was actually pretty funny as the demon guy. <laughs> he keeps whacking his tongue around. <laughs> that was so crazy, man. Yeah, it was. I think that just look at that image of him wagging his tongue around and think that's the guy who's directing the next Superman movie. You know, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty wild. It is. Well, did you have any favorite moments or joke like things? You know, if you liked it before and like, what was what was the was there anything particular that you remembered enjoying that still held up? it's 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 i hate it just as much as i love it but the the like scene and the line where the where the guy is like being an asshole and he, yeah. he kind of runs to the car and gets the wrench and comes back i hate that scene but i kind of love it at the same time it's it just it's like the reaction doesn't warrant what what happened i mean sure, right you could hit his knee or something he cracked him in the middle of his head and then hit the woman it's like when, when when he hits the woman i uh, i have to say i feel terrible but i feel like because of what you're saying that's when i thought okay this scene is crazy and i started kind of laughing because it's like it was so over the top like the yeah. guy kind of seemed like he deserved it but yeah. the woman really didn't seem like she did and yeah. then the fact that also we had just seen him changing in the car with his ass sticking up in the window and his tidy whities <laughs> it just was a funny awkward scene and yeah it was the first scene that really felt like they're really going in on this wrong-headedness of what he's doing you know 100 percent. and yeah, also i think that that was what was funny about the elliot page character was that sh that what they were into was exactly the worst side of what he was doing you know um it's wild man cool so we saw super or i saw super finally i can check it off the list i guess that's it for yeah. me i think i've seen all the james gunn things now so cool um i guess it's my pick right yeah, what's your pick for next time? Uh, so I always use this as a, a means to watch movies that I haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. um, Batteries Not Included is one of my favorite movies. Oh, wow. Not that one, though. No. Oh. Matthew Robbins is one of the more interesting directors, writers. He <laughs> yeah. just did like uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. He like helped write that. He's He has his hand in stuff. He's like seven, five years old, yeah. still being active in this world. <clears throat> That's cool. And there's a movie that I haven't seen, uh, 1981's Dragon Slayer. I've never seen it mm. in my life. And they just put out like a, a an insanely like praised remaster of it. So oh, nice. I want an excuse to go to Beyond Video located in Baltimore. And I'm going to rent that movie and I'm going to put it in and I'm going to watch that shit. I want you guys to watch it too. We're going to make us watch it. No, I, I th that was like an HBO staple when I was a kid. And there was always, there's moments in it that, that will never leave and, my yeah. mind for the kind of, the sort of gore almost in yeah. that movie, or just at least stuff that's pretty heavy in that movie. No, I'm definitely and guess what? It. It's on Good fucking choice. Pluto. Woo! It's on Pluto. It's up. What is Pluto is like a catch all. It's crazy, man. It just, they just have, they have a lot of these library titles. Yeah. It's like really cool. I mean, it has ads, but I mean, if you can deal with ads, it's also on Canopy for free as well. We cool. mentioned Canopy last week uh, when we were talking about where Super was. But again, that's a service that you can get a free account through mm. uh, your local public library. Thank and uh, they have tons of movies on there. Um, but yeah, I'm looking it up to Dragon Slayer. 
Also, it's on uh, it's streaming with uh, on Hoopla. If you've ever used that, that's a fr- apparently oh, wow. free on that too. Yeah. So plenty of options where you can just rent it for a couple bucks at your favorite, uh, you know, PVOD or SVOD platform. Yeah. But yeah, okay, cool. Dragon Slayer. I feel like I saw this as a kid. I can ha- I can remember certain scenes, but I don't really remember much of the movie at all. Oh, cool. Um, so this will be a fun one. What about you, John? Have you seen it? Oh, I yeah. I just said it was all over HBO when I was a kid. Oh, right, 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 right. But I mean, like, but, I, you know, I you sim- sim- similar to Steve's, like... similar to Steve's take, though, I have certain images that really stick in my head, and the rest okay. of it, the shape of the movie is not real strong. But no, there's right. at least right. one moment that I remember being like, if unless I'm unless I'm thinking of some other dragon movie, I think this has to be the one. There's like one moment that was just like to me as a kid, just horrific. That stuck. Oh, with, you cool. know those moments, but that probably aren't really that scary when you go back and watch yeah. them. But because of when you watched them, and it was like they introduced a concept to you that's yeah, like right, horrifying. Yeah, sure, um, that's, that's yeah. <clears throat> no, can't wait All to right, see it. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Is that All Peter? Right, uh, what's his name? The actor? Is that dude in that? Peter Mc, uh, McNichol. Is that Peter McNichol in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ghost, Ghostbusters. I, I know when I saw Ghostbusters two and he popped up, I thought he was a new face. But then, yeah. like it, it, I, I, I guess when I was a kid, it didn't register with me who he was. But from yeah. from Dagon Slayer, but yeah, that's one of the. You know that happens sometimes where you realize you already liked somebody and you didn't mm-hmm. know it. All right, so Ronald, we also saw. We just talked about James Gunn's first superhero movie. Absolutely, maybe he did a Toxic Avenger movie. Maybe that technically is a superhero movie. <laughs> But one of his first superhero movies we just talked about, but we also just saw, you and I did, Steve didn't, we also just saw his most recent superhero movie, um, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the capper mm-hmm. to the trilogy that I think this show is generally like of the shared opinion that those movies stand out amongst all the Marvel ones as a hey. little bit different. They kind of look a yeah. little better. They feel a little better. There's something mm-hmm. sort of heartfelt. The actors even seem to be thrown. I mean, not that there aren't other Marvel movies that do the same thing as far as quality level but these feel special and this movie was definitely a james gunn i mean this definitely was written and directed by james gunn through and through and the cast shows up knowing what they're doing and you know stepping into these characters and uh yeah caps off this uh trilogy which is like i guess kind of hard to do within the the never-ending franchise of marvel to like stand out as a trilogy but these movies really do stand together as a as a story a statement kind of what'd you think so I, I want to lead with this. I, I mean, and this would maybe give you an idea of how I feel about it. There are two movies that I would absolutely show my daughter, like, off top when she's able to process them. And it's Guardians of the Galaxy, Volumes 1 and 2. I will not show my daughter Volume 3. And it, and and it and it's not because of the quality of the movie. It's because of the subject matter. It's because of, you know, I've... When I used to hear things like parental guidance is suggested, this needs you. This needs some parental guidance. This this is one of those movies that's a little heavier out of the trilogy, and and tonally, it is it is doing a juggling act of a lot of things. He succeeds, but this isn't the Guardians that you're used to. I can tell you that it 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 still has the 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 love and the passion, but tonally this ain't what you're maybe people are coming in feeling like oh man this is gonna be oh it's gonna be so funny there's some of that but there's you know, a Ronald, there, there were people tell me three people who felt that way like the i can't wait excitement no no not, i i you know, you know I mean? but, but like, that gets at something you were saying you were kind of you were a little bit like not that you were not convinced, but you, nothing in the marketing had like set your heart nothing. aflame. And we were talking about this before the movie, Ronald, about how like they didn't really sell this movie. I mean, I don't mean they didn't sell it on sell me on it. I thought the trailers were good. Some things in the clips and trailers they released really got me fired up. So I was I was not where you were. I wasn't lukewarm going in, but not that you were lukewarm, but you just you were going to see it for reasons other than anything the trailers had shown you is kind of what you were saying. to yeah. me. And I was saying that, like, it's funny to me that they really didn't sell this movie and you're watching the movie and instantly you can kind of see why it's because it's an interesting it's actually a pretty 
twisty, fun plot for one of these Marvel movies. It it does hold together. It's not one of those that falls apart and has like set sure. sequences that feel overly familiar. You know, I mean, it really was a good. I thought it was a really solid <laughs> uh, entry in this kind of movie. But it definitely has a like even from the first scene, it's a more somber. Yeah way to start a movie and even the opening song is like you keep thinking maybe it's going to kick in and you're going to get this like big moment but instead it's a very and i really love the more i think about the way it begins and the character it starts with and way, the way we see them acting i think it's a really cool thing that is totally james gunn and totally these movies but yes it's as though they said what if the third movie how do you keep the third movie in a trilogy from sucking well why don't you just pile on the the heaviness kind of you know yeah. and and I think this this one does that. Like it somehow avoids feeling like it's getting sillier um, and feels like it's getting heavier, which I think yeah. sometimes trilogies don't go that way. The last movie is like the the wildest, biggest adventure, you know? Yeah, um, it's none and, of that. But this is much, but but it, taken as a whole, it is that. It, it, it has all the scenes and all the sights and all the visuals and stuff and the, you know, the colors. And so, I mean, it has all the marks of one of these movies, but what it's heading towards is a moment that's going to make you feel... Um, I don't know a certain kind of way yeah, <laughs> about your life, even. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's fun. I don't know if that's fun for me. I don't know if like coming into a movie and and like having some labor of emotions, like for most of the movie was fun for me. I don't know if that felt good. I don't know if it like, but it's a good movie. This this is the crazy part. This is a great movie, but this is a labor. It's like a. It's like there are things happening in this movie that are going to be very hard to process. And I wouldn't show a kid this stuff. And I wouldn't I wouldn't even take a kid to see it necessarily. It's that weird. Like nobody came out like happy. You get what I'm saying? Like nobody came out like a fucking crazy movie was like, like the way that people did when I saw <laughs> Guardians. I like when remember, they went in. I just right, those guys. How They're back. Guardians was. <laughs> hey, was, see I'm, again. Wow. I was <laughs> I walked past the line with people waiting to see the movie. I'm telling you what, what it was. Yeah. I came in and then we got I got in before everybody because press. And then as I left out, it was a little somber. And no, it was it's a it's right, it was a quiet murmur. Out. People weren't people weren't like 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 laughing or it's, clapping. I, I, I want to comment on something. So it's interesting hearing this because I feel like it's it's like a weird thing, and I and you're not the first that have said it. Like I've I've mm. definitely have read this. Like you're not like I don't know downing me at all. But like it's weird to hear this kind of feedback because especially well I guess especially with the Marvel of it all, I feel like a lot of the criticism of the Marvel stuff more recently has is that it's like that there are no emotions in these in these shows or Ooh, these tv movies okay. yeah no. or, or these movies no like okay. that there that there's like there's no relationship to the characters like mm. that they're kind of void of a lot of things you know and Ooh. or they're just like silly funny and like, like a bad movie like specifically like you think about like thor love and thunder got a lot of that 100%. rap yeah and you know or even eternals or you know, these are not like apples to apples because like, you know, well, at least the Eternals is not because it was like a, the first, but like the Thor would be more of a, a you know, a good representation because it's like, you know, uh, the fourth in that series. So it's like, right. It, it, it's 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 not like a criticism of what you're saying at all, because I, I haven't no, even no, seen no. it, but it's just interesting to me to hear that kind of response when you think about like kind of to me, at least where it seems like this series. Like is building to or is crescendoing to especially when like re-watching volume two recently mm. like it's a that's a that's in some ways a pretty sad movie too. yeah it is it yeah. is like and i feel like what you're describing and like re-watching part one recently like because sydney loves the first one like it just feels like that's the steps that this trilogy oh, yeah. was was building to in some ways 100 percent. and it seems like the reception to maybe how heavy or sad or emotional whatever the proper description is that this one is it almost seems like in some ways i hear that i'm like okay so he so he nailed it or like he landed it like I, it, it, it's, it's I, right i what think he, he did it steve. to be i think he oh, did okay. steve okay I, I fucking love this movie 
Okay. Okay. Uh, it's so hard to talk about it without talking about yeah. what happens in it, though, because I'm sure you have like three big questions in your head that yeah. like yeah. I wouldn't want to chip away at anything. I didn't read a single review. I didn't know anything that wasn't in the marketing. Mm, but yeah. I I think he more than stuck the landing. I, I I just think this movie does deliver that. When I read what I the one thing I did read was the Rotten Tomatoes page. I will sometimes go through and just read the little pull quotes because yeah. those aren't usually very revealing. And right, one right, thread right. that I saw that I ho- totally agree with is this movie is gross. Um, it's got lots of grotesque images in it. It's not quite mm-hmm. gory, but it is gross enough that you would almost say it was gory. And it's got a couple of moments of gore, but it's not a gory movie. It's just lots of goop and lots of stuff getting sliced <laughs> and lots of flesh grafted onto metal and lots of like close-ups of like when the animals that have... I mean, animal cruelty is going to give some people... Right. That, right. What, that's what Ronald's talking about. This movie yeah. does not flinch from animal cruelty and it's just all over the movie. But it's like... it. It gives the movie such teeth when it comes to like, I mean, honestly, I think this villain, remember when we were talking about Ego as like yeah. a good villain, like a philosophically interesting villain to ponder with yeah. implications. The, the 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 high evolutionary in this is a really interesting, really scary villain. And it's almost like you don't notice it in the movie because what he's doing is so specific and what he's after, he's like a scientist, he's like a researcher, he's like an experimenter. You don't notice him as much as you notice someone like Kang who kind of shows up and is just, I am the evil, you know, I'm giving an evil speech. This guy has like interactions and things where he seems like he's trying to even be reasonable to the people that he's going to fight. And it makes him so interesting when he goes like totally unhinged because you see all along that he's terrible, but you can also see it's almost like the empire. It's almost like when Star Wars, when they give you that inside glimpse of the empire and you realize there are like middle manager bureaucrat types who are trying to do what some Sith Lord is is trying to set in motion. Mm. And there are people looking around going like, is this really what we're going to do? You know, I, I don't know. It's It's got such depth to it. And I think that like everything that you would expect from a James Gunn movie, you get you definitely it definitely delivers in that level i think the yeah. thing that's like hard to talk about without tipping any hand is like the the way he ends it the way he chooses to end it i think it's yeah. so funny how many people out there have passionate feelings people that, that love james gunn and, and hate james gunn i've witnessed it have all these sure mo- like everyone seems to know what this movie is and no one who hasn't seen it has guessed what it is in my opinion like it's not yeah. it's not, not readily a, it's not readily apparent how the ending is going you feel like it's going to break your heart but you don't really know how it's going to do it and then you see yeah. it and you go oh okay they did it in a way that was not necessarily what you're expecting yeah. you know and it, it is true to those characters steve like i don't know if you've read james gunn saying this movie's long because he had to pay off all the arcs yeah. the more i thought about it is like damn it he really did give like the whole including Kraglin, including Cosmo the dog, the sort of new members of the team. He re- Everybody really gets an arc and an arc that pays off like stuff set in motion in the first movie. Like right. Drac, our idea of Drax as the destroyer and a guy who lost his family and a guy who's like, this is a good day to die, that kind of guy. This movie gives you a different idea of what his destiny might be. Uh, same with every single character. It gets something fresh thrown on, onto their character and makes you go, oh, wow, James Gunn really did, I think, have an idea about yeah. where this was going and he stuck to it I, you know to some extent i think that this may be one of the first villains that i've ever seen in the marvel universe where the the lore of a character is shown on the screen not mm-hmm. like not like hypothetical I, I i this is this is something that i've always complained about when somebody's like this person's very dangerous he's he slaughtered so many people Nah, like this this guy, you see what makes him as evil as he is, his ideas. He shares them, they show them. And I think that this almost feels like uh the, the Nicholas Winding Refn sort of deal, but the best version of that. When somebody's like, I'm gonna subvert what you think about who I am and how I make things, and he almost intensified some of the ideas in the first and the second. My my chief complaint is I kind of wish that some of those ideas were spread a little more between the three movies so that when we got the third movie, when they show some of the characters' backstories, one in particular, that it doesn't feel so like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, I kind of wish there were pieces of it before. Like, just glimpse it. Just give me a little bit. Instead of what they did in this one, because it feels so fucking heavy. But if there were to be anybody that can juggle these things, James Gunn has done it. I, 
I, I was telling, this is what I said to John after we got out of it. I love this movie. I will never watch this movie. Said, I don't know if I'm going to want to watch it again. I don't know if I'm ever wow. going to watch it again. Wow. I'm, I'm serious. Like I've watched <laughs> volume one and two so many. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this is one I'm going to readily watch again, just because of it. You know, he took, it's like he sourced all the ideas that people said, like this could be a, and he did the adult version of that for the ending. And he did, he did what an adult would feel like would be like, the, the culmination of heartbreak. You well, know well, you mean? know, like, I, I, I actually took uh, Nikki and Henry to see it this afternoon after school. Oh, okay. With the, so, with the... so, but I, so I was just going to add this in that like, what's interesting is um, Henry saw the first one when he was little. In fact, we have this great picture. The, the, the Towson Cinemark theater had just opened and, and we convinced Henry to wear his tux to the theater when he, oh, I forget wow. how, how old would he have been? 2014. He would have been six. Um, and so that's a real special memory for us going to that theater. And so going to see it with him again today, I thought, oh, wow, they did this thing. And it's kind of like what the Harry Potter movies did where it's mm -hmm. like this, this movie's grown up. Like Henry's 15 now. Wow. He, he loved the first one when he was six. He's 15 now. He loved this movie today. And he hasn't that's had so that cool. feeling about a Marvel thing. Like I've been, I've been much more, like hot on or enjoy like I, you know i've been a much like i've been uh mixed positive for pretty much all the marvel stuff but i also have been willing to say that like i totally come out of a movie like doctor strange and the M multiverse of madness or quantum mania mm. feeling how audiences aren't necessarily going to gravitate towards it this movie i sort of feel like if audiences give it a chance it will grab them but yeah. i will say that henry hasn't said that was great walking out of any movie uh except for maybe well john wick you thought was great <laughs> that was um, so fun um, and the, but I'm, you know, just to my point, like, I, I, I just, I think that it's like, there is the chance that this is that I think that whole hype about best Marvel movie since Endgame, a lot of people have been saying that, mm -hmm. um, I think that there's a reason why, I don't know if that's the, like, oh yes, definitely. But I definitely think there's a case you can make of, and I can understand why people would say that this mm -hmm. is, this feels like a movie. This is a movie. It's got that look and that mm -hmm. feel. Uh, that gravity that whatever it is yeah. that that just feels different it doesn't and ronald isn't it like refreshingly unconnected to yeah it doesn't set anything there's up, no Steve. like it doesn't have like a cameo that's nah, like uh, out of left field there's nobody that doesn't belong in this story anything it calls back is within the guardians franchise it makes it really feel like you could watch these three movies never do another one of the marvel movies yeah. and be just fine the only thing you wouldn't get is some of the jokes that they make like in this movie they do have a reference or two to like what's happened since but uh i think that's another reason why these these movies feel special is that they they you could not be into the whole marvel thing and still want to go see this in fact i know several people that had said oh i gotta go see that i've kind of checked out of marvel but i'm gonna see the new guardians movie so yeah um, for sure it's good for sure it's good this it's a yeah. great movie man like okay don't think because of what i'm saying that it's a it's so it's you not, know i have to you know i have to do these things so rank yeah. the guardians movies one Go. two three okay one two three <laughs> one nah. two three for me <laughs> one one being the best i got you yeah the order in which they came out <laughs> oh man two's got so much great stuff in it Two does, but, but I don't know that two. Well, I, just the number, John. No, I, I'm saying two and three. I'm are, are bustling like they're they're like this for me. So it's like I can't. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's like one and then two and three are tied. <clears throat> okay, okay. Um, I feel like I wanted to ask you one other thing. Uh, Please ask questions. Well, yeah, there was something. Well, it, it, you kind of answered it already with you know when you were saying it feels like kind of it, its own thing, like it's not setting up something. And like the, the more I kind of like think about the Guardians movies in general, I feel like they all kind of benefit from that. Obviously, the first one the most, but mm. even 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 when like volume two came out, like, you know, that were they were in like full effect, like, you know, these movies crossing over. But it felt more like the Guardians were able to become parts of other things like yes. you know they they had their moments in thor or endgame you know the, they they made their appearances whether it was in credits or like little snippets here and there in other movies like it didn't seem like their movies were like the pivotal things except for maybe the presence of a stone or something like that steve so, do you remember it, how exciting it was in infinity war when they showed up like yeah absolutely. you remember like that yeah. feeling of like we're yeah, getting to see sure. the we're getting to see the guardians again like it the, right my, my my friends are back you know my, yeah my, for sure. my weird exactly. group of friends are here uh, so yeah, definitely, it definitely felt like they were the sort of like 
outlaw stars that, that got to that got to break the rules. And they've, they've also, I think, given James Gunn maybe the freest hand, right? Like of, of it seems like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there really hasn't been much that he's like, you know, in those three films, well, I haven't not, through the, not seen the last one, but from what you said, you know, not have to do that, that, that legwork of like tying certain things together. No, that's good to hear. Cause I was kind of curious about that, but yeah, I can't wait to see this. I mean, I, I have no doubt that, you know, my expectations are pretty high, but. Well, I'll say this, Steve, um, about the tonal shifting. I'm excited. You mentioned that. I do think that the second time through, it was a much smoother viewing experience because mm -hmm. I sometimes knowing you know. what's knowing what's coming, yeah. you, you can see how they're setting things up and how a scene's leading into another scene. But I feel like the right. second time through, I enjoyed all the music cues better. I enjoyed all the sort of like flashbacks and back to the story and all the, all the little break points where the tonal shifting could throw you off. I was much more into it when I was anticipating what they were doing and going, Oh, okay. I see. I see how this works. I see what they're doing there. And the other cool. thing is Ronald, tell me if I'm crazy, but like, does it just, do they seem to work harder on the effects in these movies than Man, the other Marvel this, movies? That's another thing. Okay. So Steve, if, if there were to be like a real disconnect with quality, versus quantity that in the last couple of years you wouldn't know it by watching this movie this thing looks gorgeous that's what like, yeah it, it top to bottom it looks yeah it's got the, the, attention. the close special effects the far away stuff the, the the like rocket rocket looks like you just forget we, that he's not a real raccoon it's like we're going from ps2 to ps5 <laughs> from the second one to the third one it's 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 unreal i don't know which changed with the special effects like between these two but rocket looks insane it's like you can see every whisker every little piece of every little piece of uh, moisture in his the, the, uh, i was about to say the little kind of dark uh wet skin around his eyes you know yeah. like what and especially when you when you see the sort of animals in the some of the scenes like the, yeah. the, it's like the detail is almost horrific in, in some cases but uh but yeah it's amazing what they've pulled off in that sense or at That's least incredible. compared to the i mean it's as someone who really enjoyed quantumania that movie looks so like cartoony and yeah, and, and like colorful in a, in a much more uh like a not, much less convincing way than this this movie did yeah and i and this is the last thing i'll say like i i feel Please. like after james gunn there will be none. There will be nothing else. <laughs> like it doesn't feel like I feel like I'm losing someone. Yeah. Like now that he's gone. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Like, what are we looking forward to now? Like someone who's broken up with us has taken us out for one. But I'm, I know I'm leaving you, but let's yeah. go out for the, the best date I can give you yeah. right now. No, yeah. I thought the same thing that we're kind of losing that from the Marvel thing. And like anybody else picking up one of these characters, you know, the, whatever happens at the end of this movie, I'm, I'm interested because I like the characters, but I'll instantly feel like, Oh yeah. You know that, like that season of veep when the, when, uh, Inuchi left and you could feel like the writers were, were not quite nailing the tone, like little things like that, that you just feel in the back of your mind, that season of community when Dan Harmon was gone, where you're like, oh. yeah, this, they're not getting it. Um, I feel like yeah. other writers don't quite know how to write, uh, no. these characters. And I guess that's, one thing I'll say, Steve, too, I, I love Star-Lord. I think Chris Pratt is great as Star-Lord. I think when James Gunn writes him, he's a really a character I love, like a genuine heroic character that yeah. I love. He has some great moments in this that make you remember why you thought Chris Pratt was going to be a star. You know, like that there's just something about this this role as written by James Gunn with yeah. that actor that really works for me that I, I sort of feel like other other times he's popped up in other Marvel movies and it was wasn't James Gunn writing. You don't quite get the same Star Lord. You don't get the real for sure. <laughs> the real version of the character acting his ass off in this movie, man. It's, yeah, he seems to know it's the last one or at least, you know, who knows. But um, yeah. Cool. G go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I think good. people know. People know if they want to see this one, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, sure, they're in the bag or not. Yeah, I can't wait to see like the 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 outcome of this one in terms of its performance. We'll see. Me too, man. I'm <clears> genuinely <throat> uh, curious. This will be the one that I feel like if it really does underperform, there's a big, big problem. Right, right. Ooh. Because people um, genuinely like these movies. Yeah. Right. They, they love these characters, these movies. Yeah, yeah like, for sure. This is this is a true do or die moment, I think, for Marvel. But uh, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, what else? Uh, I mentioned. Uh, I don't you know tell us, Steve. You said you've watched. Yeah, things. when we were recording out, I, I just feel like I, I felt like, damn, I can't go see Guardians. 
So I got to see a bunch of other stuff that we either missed or didn't talk about or whatever. But, you know, thankfully this week there was a bunch of uh, films that released digitally. Uh, one of them, I remember I, I actually called on a past episode called the date to the date of when it would come out on VOD. And that was Universal Pictures. Renfield came out. You did man. this week. Yeah. Like there, there are 17 days. So you called the crap Mexico. out of it. Uh, but yeah, that came out digitally, uh, as well as uh, The Pope's Exorcist, starring okay. Russell Crowe. And uh, I'm really happy that Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, came out digitally as well. I mentioned that on the podcast before, but um, you know, I definitely want to mention it again. If you didn't get to see that in theaters or um, you know, we're waiting for it to come on uh, a digital option at home, that is available now. And you know, among the three movies I just mentioned, that would be the one I'd say is the biggest ahead for me. Um, but I watched The Pope's Exorcist and I watched Renfield and I thought they both oh, were wow. pretty good. Okay. Um, I think Renfield definitely, uh, you know, it has that kind of comedy. You know, if, it's kind of silly, uh, very silly, I'll say. Um, but I really liked Nicholas Holt. I think he's a really great actor. I like him in most things that he's in. Yeah, he's and all, I can't, always a, a high point. Yeah, and I can't help but think that like some of the action sequences in this like feel like some kind of dry run if he is intent indeed in the running for like a bond uh possible casting which his name has always come up around um because he's really good in the action sequences um but yeah i just thought that that was a good, kind of like a fun horror comedy the pope's exorcist is the one that probably surprised me more because i you know admittedly like you know didn't even like register for me except for the fact that russell crowe was in it who I really like Russell Crowe and watching this movie is a reminder like that Russell Crowe just has it even when he's in this like, you know, Lionsgate probably, you know, I think that I, re I remember reading the budget was like super low on this, probably his fee <laughs> majority wise. Um, but it's like one of those moments watching this where I'm like, God damn, Russell Crowe is so good. <laughs> and like whatever you think about him as a person, the shit he's been in, you know, he's right. probably an asshole, whatever his history is. Like he has that like star he does. magnet when he's on the screen. I feel like, especially in this movie, like he's really fun and good in this movie. And and oh, wow. I say fun because his character is kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of an asshole in some ways, like <laughs> around the church of it all. And like you know, he is the Pope's exorcist uh, of the title. Oh, wow. um, the titular Pope's exorcist. He's just so good. <clears throat> he's just so good, man. Like I just. And especially recently thinking about all the gladiator two talk and like that cast is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. You know, Barry Kogan and Paul Mescal and Denzel and Pedro Pascal was announced this week, like an amazing cast. Yeah. Um, Connie Nielsen's going to be in it again. Like, it's just an awesome cast. Is Ridley and, Scott directing it? Yes. Wow. And wow. it's just like, what the fuck? Right. That and guy's amazing. Like, How old is he? Like 85 or something? Yeah, man. He's in his eighties. I mean, but I don't just, know. It's that's one of those losses that we're not even really thinking about. But he really is like a a little chunk of film history right there. That guy. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, he's insane, man! Like he just he just finished Napoleon. You know, like that's, that's right. a huge that's production right. coming out. But um, yeah, I don't know. But all to say, like watching this kind of smaller horror movie that in some cases would have gone direct to video or direct to mm. video streaming, um, but did actually pretty well in theaters and definitely made money for Lionsgate. Um, and if you like exorcism movies or, you know, that kind of, which I don't normally gravitate towards them, honestly, yeah. it's, it was Russell Crowe that got me to watch this movie. Mm. Um, it was better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. It was very entertaining. He's great in it. Um, and a lot of the like, uh, possession demon stuff is like, is, is pretty well handled. Like with the, the, the knowing the budget for the movie in terms of like the effects and like what they do with makeup and things like that, mm -hmm. I thought was really cool. But, um, you know, they're, they're both kind of like three, three and a half star movies for me out of five, um, uh, Renfield that is, and the Pope's exorcist, but they're all on VOD. Okay, um, if you cool. want to check it out, you know, you take your pick in terms of renting or buying them. Um, <clears throat> so watched a movie called sweet hurt which is on video oh. on demand. It's like an indie comedy put out by Gravitas Ventures. Um, it's kind of like a, it's an Australian movie that is about uh, like these groups of friends that kind of find their way uh, to each other in, in this uh, one group's going to this area to take some, to take care of some affairs for a, a family member that's passed away. And the other one's already kind of living in this area and they kind of cross paths over this, you know, this night or two of, uh, you know, just 
I don't know, crazy stuff that happens to these two groups, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, you know, it it hit me or it came on my radar because one of my, one of my favorite bands um, had posted about it because they had some music in it. Um, The band messed out of Chicago. um, Mm. And it it, is how I heard of it. And then I had seen that it was on uh, demand. So checked it out and it was fine. I mean, I, I kind of like, you know, thinking about these indie movies and like, you know, knowing what they had to, you know, make this movie, I feel like the thing that I always look for more than any kind of like production uh, look is like, is it just funny? You know, is, is it yeah. well written? You know, like w- what what doesn't cost uh, the money, I guess, from somebody who's like writing, directing or co-writing and directing a movie. And usually like, you know, that's kind of where you find that quality in this level of film is just like really good writing and really good characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't really think it was there in this movie, but it's enough there that, you know, I would say I would support it and say, check it out if you want like that kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say American pie ish, but it's just, you know, kind of like that R comedy, very like kind of heightened sexually. And um, yeah, I don't know. It it has a cool sound. Lots of like uh, early 2000s, like alt rock bands, pop punk bands, you know, that's kind of what drew me in. But I'm also kind of a song for those like kind of coming of age comedies and things of that nature but that's called sweet hurt yeah. and the last one i want to mention which is the standout which is the must-see recommendation <laughs> that i have is that finally this movie came on demand this week it's called how to blow up a pipeline and this is a movie that a few people that i follow have been raving about since i guess the middle of last year and it finally got um, a, di- a digital release this week this is a movie that Neon put out. I think they had a little run of it at the end of 2022, okay. uh, theatrically, maybe. Um, but more, I've seen more about it, like in terms of like the government issuing like warnings around the movie. Uh, yeah. That's kind of how the publicity has been going for the movie. Oh. Yeah, I've um, seen that just too. Just in terms of like, it's basically just these, you know, uh, environmental activists that decide that the way to make a statement is to basically, um, blow up a pipeline in texas an oil refinery and to disrupt the system to disrupt the way of delivering oil and to drive the prices up and make it not a viable option for fossil fuels and things like that but this is a movie that fucking blew me away like i had heard it was good i'd heard it was great um this is a thriller this is a movie that just starts and doesn't stop it's an hour and 35 or hour and 45 Um, really good yeah like a lot of the cast you won't recognize um or i didn't at least um there are a couple in the movie that uh kind of have have had some more movies recently um specifically uh lucas gage is in it who was in uh euphoria he was in white lotus um assassination nation and then uh sasha lane is also in it who was in uh american honey um which most people may, may know her from but also jake weary who Ronald, you probably remember him if, from Animal Kingdom, the TV series. Okay. Um, oh, wow. He was, uh, he was one, he was the, uh, what was, I guess the, the, the youngest brother, um, mm. the blonde haired uh, one, but the rest of them are kind of, yeah, they look recognizable, but I couldn't really place them. But I don't know, like the movie's told so strategically. The editing is amazing. It's directed so well. The characters are great. And again, I say like, this is a thriller. Like this is like a, the music is just so propulsive. The score is great. Um, I, I don't know. There's just like nobody really knows about this movie. Um, but this is one of the better movies I've seen recently, just in terms of, again, I, I keep mentioning it about other movies on this podcast, this episode specifically, like just the writing and the characters and just like how much you can do with with not a lot. And I mean, this movie is literally just about these people coming together in Texas and how they're going to build these bombs and you know like and i'm not condoning this you know i'm not saying this is anything i would do this is a movie and this is uh in some ways a call to action you know at least these filmmakers in some way but it's wild and um i can't recommend it enough i mean this again this is one of the this is this is one of the better movies i've seen this year and uh it's called how to blow up a pipeline and uh i would try to find it if you if it sounds at all interesting to you the guy yeah, that it's, made it it's been on my radar but I'm, I'm i'm really looking forward to it <clears throat> yeah the guy that made it i heard him on a podcast recently he was on one of the ringer um big picture podcasts and he was talking about he's he's directing the i don't know if you've heard about the faces of death remake that they're doing 
Mm-mm. he's doing that now. Um, but he had done some stuff prior to this. He did that that movie Cam a few years back. If you, yeah, it's I don't know, Ron. I think we talked about that, Ronald. Do you remember that one? Um, What's the plot out. of it? It's like one. It's about like Cam girls. Um, oh, like where, yes, 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 yes. I can't yeah. remember the, the full plot, but like we I remember. We we definitely talked about it. It yeah. was like, yeah. um, I think it was one like a Netflix movie. I want to say, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know what what he's got going on otherwise. But this is definitely like a different level of movie from the ones of his that I've seen before. Um, and it's kind of like told in like chapters where you kind of break away from the narrative that we're in to learn about the the six or seven people that are a part of this group that are doing it. And kind of like what their call to action was and why they're involved at all um, in this effort. But I don't know, man, I, I was I'm super high on this movie. So I, I really want to recommend it. And anybody that's out there, you know, like, John, I'm glad you'd heard of it, because I definitely hope you can check it out. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's but yeah, now that, that's, on my radar. I got to check that, it out. That's yeah. I, if you check it out, let me know what you think. Uh, I'm curious. Um, but yeah, that's that's a lot of what I've watched the past few days so uh i think that's that's all i've got what about you guys anything else you want to mention you know i feel like i feel like that's enough for this week i will just say that barry has been amazing this season and crazy and dark and weird but we'll talk about that hopefully when the season's up we can maybe talk about how that show ends up but there's really nothing else like that show on on television (laughs) or ever i don't think there's something about it that makes me so uncomfortable Yeah, I, I, same. I, I guess I'll talk about my stuff next week. Yeah. Oh, sure. oh. Well, I want to mention one more because I did see a movie when I was on vacation. I saw Sisu. Okay. Yeah, that's you saw Sisu? on my short list. Yeah, it came out last week. How was it? I saw it in Dolby in in Destin. How, it was how so. Was it? It's it's so good, guys. Uh, it it looks, looks so, so good. <laughs> the trailer is incredible. I mean, if you like the trailer, like that is the movie. The oh, movie okay. is the trailer. You know, That's what you'd hope. It, I mean, you know, it's quick. Uh, it's it's pretty brutal. And yeah. this is the kind of thing I told my coworkers. Where I talk with movies a lot about. Like, I left that movie thinking the filmmaker, the director of the movie. I'm like, this is the kind of filmmaker I see DC or Marvel going after to make a comic book movie. Wow. And like, just in the way the action was shot and like how, like I, I want to say the word like how like tough the movie felt i don't know so, i don't know it's like a bad adjective but like yeah i know i know what you're talking about yeah it's like it, it's like it's like there's so much fighting and aggression in the movie but like the movie feels like the movie feel not like a not like john wick tough but like even though the comparison to john wick is there i guess but yeah. um I, conf- i've heard confident it, like, i don't know just what, what are you I, saying the one thing that john wick lacks is dirt and like the raid, it feels yeah, dirty. Yeah. Like you know, you watch you like, man, this hurts. That's like people getting hurt and I yeah. mean, there's blood so, and, and that, mud. That, that and... might be that might be what it is. Like there's so much. Yeah, I love that stuff. Like man. like this guy, the guy, like you know, Sisu, like he or that that the title is referring to, mm. is just like he gets his ass kicked too. Like he he Ooh. fucking goes through it. Mm-hmm. But like his whole lore is that like he survives. Is like is is his like legend is like that he was this you know soldier who went rogue and they used him to do these rogue things and he's been off the map and now he's crossed paths with these nazis who are like trying to steal his gold and and he's not having it and it's just like that's the that's the plot that's um, so good. but yeah i thought it was really good really entertaining and again I, I was able to see it in dolby which just made it even better i was shocked that it was playing in dolby um but yeah that was it was it was really good too so I would, i'd recommend that one as well Cool. No, I'm glad to hear that it holds up because the trailer really did make you go, okay, I'm sold. You know, like yeah, the trailer's awesome. If it's yeah. as fun as that and as good as that, and everything you're saying about the kind of tough vibe or the little extra edge, I mean, you get that from the trailer. I can totally imagine that kind yeah, of yeah, grit, yeah. that texture, yeah. whatever. Well, cool. cool. So next week we've got um, we've got not batteries not in, not included. Dragon but, Slayer. Uh, Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Right. Dragon Slayer on Pluto, Canopy, uh, for sure. And then yeah. I forget what the other one I said so was. Dragon's but, not uh, included. Dragon's not included. Dragon's not included. <laughs> and, and I want to say, like, this is this is by no means like you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, but 
I made a request to get a piece of hardware that I want to talk about so bad that I cannot afford, that I'm hoping that they'll let me borrow, that I'm going to do like a comprehensive video on if we get access to it. I want you guys on film reacting to it. I'm I'm trying my damnedest to to get access to this hardware and <laughs> and hopefully we can talk about it. There you go. There's a little teaser for the gearheads out there. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, Ryan's going hard on a piece of hardware that we're trying hard. to. He's trying to make it happen. Hell yeah, man. <clears throat> um, cool. Moviesmovie.com is the website. YouTube.com/slash Podcast. If you want to watch the uh, the video element, uh, but subscribe mm-hmm. to the podcast, please. If you if you do already subscribe, please leave a rating, hit the share button, put a star, whatever you can do. Whatever you can do. To help, uh, to help spread the love, the, the, the least the or the most that you can do. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so somebody, I uh, want to see what the most that they can do. I, I really want. If you're a fan out there and you feel like you can do the most for us, I want to know what that. I want to know what that means. I want to see like yeah, a, show us your show us your most like like skywriting or something. Oh, there's got to be something really really amazing. So, to do. Somebody out there can make it happen. I'm sure. But the least you can do is just click on us, yeah, give us a just, review on. Just do that clicking. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. Just do that clicking. <laughs>